Create in us clean hearts, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Recently, I've been waking up like clockwork at 4 a.m. My eyes snap open and I can tell there's no going back to sleep, at least not right away. Years ago, a wise priest told me what to do when you wake in the middle of the night, a thing I wasn't worried about at the time because, well, I was young and slept like a baby. But I remember his advice now. Read the Psalms, he said. So I've been dutifully reading the Psalms at 4 a.m., trying to quell a general sense of unease and worry. As I fret about our country, the environmental crisis, coronavirus, our own beloved All Saints, or some dumb thing I did or said during the day, I cast my eyes over the psalm seeking something. Sometimes they are a comfort. Other times I am too distracted by my own thoughts and worries to pay attention. Eventually, I go back to sleep. Perhaps you know what I'm talking about that middle-of-the-night anxiety, that sense of existential dread at 4 a.m. that isn't tied to just one thing, but a general sense that things are, well, askew, off-kilter, not right. Certainly, Nicodemus understands this kind of existential anxiety, this 4 a.m. worry. After all, here he is, a Pharisee, a leader in his community. I imagine life is treating Nicodemus pretty well. I imagine that he has a good family, a, a bank account that is in good shape, children successful, respected by all who know him. He has no reason to worry or fear, at least none that we can see. Yet here he is in the middle of the night, perhaps at 4 a.m., unable to sleep because his mind can't rest. Something is wrong. Something has rocked his world and he needs to figure it out. So he shows up in the dark and confronts Jesus. He doesn't start with pleasantries or even ask a question. He states what has been bothering him. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. This has been gnawing at him. Jesus is clearly a teacher, clearly works signs and miracles, is clearly from God, but just who is this Jesus and what does all of this mean? Nicodemus turns to the word of God, just as I do in my 4 a.m. dread, and he gets 
well, more confusion. Jesus offers strange words about being born from above, born again, born by water and spirit. Nicodemus seeking answers takes Jesus literally. How can anyone be born after growing old? How can anyone re-enter the womb? Jesus insists, you must be born from above, born anew, made new. Scripture is filled with images of people being made new by God. Abram and Sarai becoming Abraham and Sarah, blessed by God to give birth to a new people. Jacob demands a blessing while wrestling with God and is made into Israel. God chooses the shepherd David to become a king. God promises through the prophet Ezekiel, a new heart will I give you and a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove from your body the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you. Yet despite that, despite all of those examples from his history, Nicodemus in his twilight funk cannot understand what Jesus is saying. God draws us to himself. God blesses us, renames us, places his spirit within us, making us new so that we might enter the kingdom of heaven which we cannot do on our own. Then Jesus tries to explain how God is making things new this time. For God so loved the world, he says, that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have entered life, have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. And this son of man must be lifted up. These are famous words to us now. We see John 3.16 held up at football games, and the verse that begins, for God so loved the world, leaps into our minds. But to Nicodemus, these words are opaque, impenetrable. His time with Jesus hasn't clarified anything for him. I imagine that Nicodemus, the one who came in fear and trembling with his midnight angst, leaves just as confused as when he entered. Though he is steeped in stories of God making creation new, blessing people to make them new, Nicodemus cannot understand this rabbi with words of new birth by water needing to be lifted up. Luckily, though, believing in Jesus is not about intellectual assent, agreeing to a list of propositions about Jesus, about God. Rather, belief in the Gospel of John means to have a relationship with Jesus, with God. And being born again is not something that we can make happen for ourselves. Just as we had absolutely nothing to do with our own physical births, we have nothing to do with being born anew. That blessing comes from God. But the only way to understand that is by having a relationship with God.
For despite his fears and his questions, his important position as a religious leader, Nicodemus stays connected to Jesus. We find him defending Jesus later in this gospel. When others think Jesus ought to be arrested, Nicodemus argues that they shouldn't judge someone without giving him a fair hearing. Then at the end of the gospel, it is Nicodemus who, along with Joseph of Arimathea, takes Jesus' crucified body and embalms it with a hundred pounds of myrrh and aloe, wraps his body in a linen cloth, and then lays him in the tomb. The man who arrived in the middle of the night, afraid of what others might think, driven by his own existential dread, arrives in the light of day to bury the one who promised that Nicodemus, you, me, all of us, must be born anew, not repaired, not tweaked, but born afresh, new creatures blessed by God. Now, at the end of Jesus's life, Nicodemus understands what Jesus was teaching. For he witnessed the Son of Man being lifted up, lifted up high on the cross. Now Nicodemus understands what God's love looks like. And his confusion, his night terrors, disappear in the light of God's love. And he finds the courage to care for Jesus' damaged, discarded body, finds his relationship with Jesus has transformed him, finds that, in fact, he has been born again. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.